You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast, and you're about to hear a quick and not-so-dirty chat about all things clean beauty and how just because you put on pants doesn't always mean you gotta put on makeup. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. This episode is enthusiastically sponsored by a product I couldn't swear by more if I tried. Four Sigmatic Mushrooms. I didn't say swear about more. I said swear by. I couldn't swear by the magic of mushrooms more if I tried. I originally tried a packet of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Tea in a glass of hot water because, well, I was gifted a free single packet of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Tea by a friend. I had no idea what it did or what was going to happen to me. And I was skeptical because this whole mushroom thing is trendy right now. And I'm always skeptical of trendy things. Read, I avoid trendy things to not be trendy. You know what I mean? But anyway, I drank the shrooms and I felt truly awesome. It's hard to explain. I just felt more awesome than before I drank it. Since then, I've ordered it and consumed about two packets of shrooms a day and I can't get enough. I am telling you, these mushrooms are magic. Although they don't make me hallucinate in a bathtub like my ex-boyfriend's famous magic mushroom experience, which honestly, he seemed way too proud of in hindsight. But hear this, I wasn't hallucinating the magical effects of these shrooms. They are ultra scientifically proven to boost immunity and gut health. Yes, please. And thank you. And the four different shrooms that Four Sigmatic uses most, hence the four in Four Sigmatic. Eh? I just got that too. Well, like three minutes ago. But they all do different epic things for your body. Rishi helps you relax. Cordyceps give you non-caffeinated energy for sports and stuff. Lion's mane, which does not come from my lion's mane, boosts your brain. That one's easy to remember. And chaga is, yeah, yeah, good for immunity issues like when you're traveling or feeling run down and or both. Okay, enough blabbering from me. I just finished a mushroom matcha latte. Oh, yeah, Four Sigmatic has mushroom matcha powder. If I could just stop blabbering for a damn second, I could tell you that because you listen to this podcast, thank you for that, you can save 15% off any and all Four Sigmatic shroom stuff you want to buy off their site, Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com using code PARTYINMYPLANTS to save that 15%, baby. Man, maybe I had way too much mushroom matcha. Okay, onward to the show. My guest today only uses non-toxic attitudes and non-toxic products and obviously believes in the power of eating non-toxic plant foods. Sarah Rose is a New York City-based makeup artist who, after working in the conventional makeup industry, became appalled AF at how much pressure the media and beauty industry puts on women to meet the social construct of quote-unquote beauty. She experienced firsthand how this drove women's insecurity levels way down and their crappy product purchases way up. And to whose benefit? Certainly not these women's benefit. Instead, the pockets of these big conglomerate corporations who own most of the industry and even the petrochemical industry. 
it's one big, vicious cycle. So in 2014, Sarah Rose was inspired to shift her focus in her practice, and she switched over to the good side. Completely non-toxic, clean products, all made by smaller, passionate makers while helping deconstruct women's relationships with beauty. As a self-proclaimed makeup therapist, it's her goal to empower her clients to find confidence, even barefaced, without makeup. And by using plant-based skincare mixed with a plant-based diet, Sarah Rose works to empower women through revealing their inner and outer beauty. Oh, and Sarah Rose also does wedding makeup. What a coinkydink. Okay, no coinkydink at all. She's doing my wedding makeup in two weeks, which I couldn't be more excited for because her MO is helping brides naturally shine like their best selves on their wedding day, not look like the most makeup self on their wedding day. You know what I mean? Just for funsies, I took some photos from our clean wedding makeup trial and put them in the show notes alongside photos I took from my, shall I say bluntly, toxic wedding makeup trial. So if you want to take a peek sees at the obvious difference in favor of clean beauty and being a natural bride, you can do so at partyinmyplants.com slash 107. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. And just an FYI, if you feel called to reach out to Sarah Rose, don't hesitate to message her on Instagram or email her. Her contact info is also in the show notes at partyinmyplants.com slash 107. And if you end up wanting to work with her, just name drop this here podcast and she'll give you a 20% discount. hey Okay, now onward to Sarah Rose flipping the not-so-beautiful beauty industry on its head. Oh, and just a BT dubs or an FYI or a by the way. Well, I guess that's the same as BT dubs. But this was not a sponsored episode. I love Sarah Rose's work. I love her. I love her ideas. I love her talent. And I just wanted to share her with you. So I didn't get a free wedding makeup thing for this. I paid full price. We're doing it. So I just wanted to let you know nothing creepy going on here. All right. This is real and authentic. Sarah Rose, you call yourself a makeup therapist. First and foremost, what does that mean? And how did you get into makeup therapy? So this is always my favorite question to get asked. Oh, well, how fortuitous. (laughs) (laughs) I always ask when someone um, says that to me, I'm like, how many days do you have? Because it's quite um, the unpacking. So (laughs) this really goes back to you know, growing up and receiving different media messages and, um, you know, they're subliminal and they're obvious too. So it goes on both ends of the spectrum, but it goes back to my relationship with beauty. So I grew up performing and makeup was always really fun. Our high school was pretty big on madrigal dinners and a jazz show. And all of these performances were super fun. And Part of the experience for me was being in a room full of beautiful women and doing makeup and how transformative the makeup could be. Mm-hmm. And when I got to college, I realized that my relationship with makeup had kind of changed and it wasn't as fun as it used to be. And instead, I had trouble walking out of my dorm room without a face full of makeup. Mm-hmm. And I realized that rather than being fun, I became a little bit reliant on it as kind of this facade of confidence. And I was at the time going to school for environmental studies. 
And I started to learn about the public health consequences of an unregulated beauty industry. And this, of course, was coupled with my passion for makeup and Mm -hmm. having done it um, in performance growing up. And then I was also working in conventional beauty at the time as well. Wow. So this is incredible. I mean, like all these little seeds have been planted. I know where we're going here with what you currently do, but it's really fascinating that you've had all these different things in your past that have woven together to create what you currently do and believe. That's really cool. Talia, I think you captured it perfectly because individually these things, you know, they're a part of me, but they didn't really have significance until I discovered my true path. And it really combined everything that was true to me and uh, my passions and who I am. So So basically what happened was I realized if I had a broken relationship with beauty, there were probably thousands and millions of other women around the world who were also suffering a toxic relationship with beauty. And by toxic, I'm not just talking about physically with the ingredients that are used in the industry. I'm also talking about emotionally. So at the time, this is back in 2013, there weren't a whole lot of options on the clean market that were using effective plant-based clean ingredients. So at first I kind of addressed the emotional Mm -hmm. um, toxicity in the industry and started really shaping how one perceived themselves when they looked in the mirror. And then I discovered Tata Harper and I interned for her as a part of my senior capstone where I studied safe cosmetics. And I learned that these products, while they could be clean, they could also be effective. So then I introduced the more kind of physical um, health aspect of makeup therapy. Okay. So now I'm Um, helping to rehabilitate someone's emotional relationship with beauty as well as their physical relationship with beauty by using cleaner products. So I started to think like, what is, what is it that I do? And I discovered it was therapy. Wow. That's so cool. I love that. That's, I mean, it's, I can so relate because with Party in My Plants, as everybody knows, I took my background and my passion for comedy and fused it with my passion and education of wellness and healthy eating and clean living and married the two. And it's so cool to meet or talk with somebody who did the same thing with your passions that have just been through lines through your whole life. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so empowering to know that we can create our reality, yes. right? Like in my, probably in the last like three years or so, I realized everything is out there and you just have to go get it. Mm-hmm. It's out there and you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know. You could even make up titles like makeup yeah. therapist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And just stay true to yourself. Yeah. And if something doesn't feel right, don't just sit in that. Make something happen. And I was told from the very beginning when I started talking about safer cosmetics, I was shut down time after time after time. I was actually told by one employer that if I continued to talk about clean beauty in a conventional beauty atmosphere, that it was a fireable offense. Mm. And that was really hard for me to hear because I wanted to do so much. I wanted to help people. And that was really challenging. But if you push through and if you, you know, kindly reject Mm -hmm. um, other people's criticisms, you can do whatever you want to do and be whoever you want to be. Oh, yes. Yes. Preach. 
Cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I want to talk about what you said, broken relationship to beauty and having a toxic relationship to beauty. I thought that was really, really fascinating. And and I want to talk about the emotional side first. I mean, I thought we would go more into the talk to me about clean beauty and ingredients, but Mm -hmm. I'm really fascinated by what you define a broken relationship to beauty as. Yeah. Well, I think it's a lot of things. And for everyone, it's so different and so personal. But for me, it was, you know, comparing myself to the social construct of beauty. Like in America, like what do we perceive as beauty? We see it as, um, you know, stereotypically speaking, like clear skin, no wrinkles, slim, tall, long eyelashes. Yeah. And unfortunately, our beauty industry is kind of um, light complexion leaning as well. Yeah. So working across all demographics was important to me. And finally, these cleaner brands are starting to service all demographics, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah. Well, this was something very fascinating that we spoke about when you were doing my makeup trial. You were explaining to me that these clean products, wow, and we'll talk about how they are now very effective and wonderful and what we should look for and all that stuff. But you were saying that a lot of them don't come in a wide range of shades. And for darker people, there aren't clean alternatives. And I I mean, that has stuck with me for months since we did our, you know, trial. And I thought that was a mixture of fascinating and horrible and confusing and predictable and just all sorts of, you know, Yeah. I have felt those emotions for the past few years because I want to help everyone. I don't don't see color. I just, you know, I want to be able to help people the best I can. And without brand founders who are focused on creating a wide range of shades. I can't do that. Yeah. So um, I saw you, I had just come from the healthy-ish conference Mm -hmm. um, at the one hotel, which was both incredible and also like really eye-opening because there was an amazing panel of women. I think four out of five of them were women of color, which was so amazing to see four women of color sitting on a panel about clean beauty because up until now, clean beauty has been, you know, pretty white cast. Um, But it was so amazing to see them up there. But what I kept hearing was that they were feeling really defeated because there are no options Mm -hmm. available. And since I've had the privilege of working at Folane and Credo and Cap and, you know, being at Detox Market and being at all of these really incredible hubs for clean beauty, I've seen the wide variety. And especially in the past year, those have really advanced. So I'm here to tell everyone, PSA, there are options and I'm happy to give recommendations or meet with you in person to find the right color, shade, texture, coverage level for everyone. Mm. Um, And and I think for more than anything, I'm a guide. I'm a guide through one's journey through discovering a healthier relationship with beauty. So cool. You are. You are that. You are definitely that. (laughs) What would you say the relationship is, you know, between makeup and confidence? Because you were talking about how when you got to college, you realized you really couldn't leave your dorm without like a full face of makeup. And I went through that exact same thing. There was a large chunk of time through college and then for a handful of years after where, I mean, I just thought it was like you don't 
leave the house without putting on makeup. Like, obviously, you you put on clothes before you leave the house. You're right. going to put on a face mm-hmm. of makeup. Like, I didn't <laughs> know any other way until I'd been with Jesse, my fiance, for like probably around a year where he started being like, why do you need so much makeup to leave the house or to like do anything? And I was like, I, right. I didn't understand. I'm like, well, why do I put on pants? Like you do that. Like you put on makeup and, and through his loving guidance, I started, you know, phasing back the makeup. And then I started educating myself on clean beauty and getting facials to, you know, really clean up my face. And now I wear makeup like maybe once a week. But it took a long process to get there Mm -hmm. and it was a really weird road. What have you experienced and what do you tell women who kind of were in the mentality I used to be, which is like, yeah, you put on pants, you put on makeup. (laughs) Oh gosh, there are so many things that I want to say and I don't know if I can put them together in chronological (laughs) order. But the first thing I want to say is something that you pointed out so beautifully. We don't question these things. We don't question our relationship with beauty and with makeup. It's just a given. And that is the essence of the subliminal um, introduction of these social constructs of beauty and these messages. And I think the first thing to do is to deconstruct and to ask yourself, why do you wear makeup? And Mm -hmm. how often and where that came from, maybe it came from, you know, you grew up watching a lot of Disney films, or maybe it came from a mother who was really hard on you to um, look good and present yourself a certain way, or maybe it was a father who was critical, You never, or like a sibling, you never know. So the first thing is to get to the root of the cause. And I took a lot of systems thinking classes in college. So to problem solve, you really have to kind of strip it back and go back, get back to basics and understand why your relationship is the way that it is. And from there, you can start to rebuild that relationship. For me, you know, I'm kind of like an anti-makeup makeup artist. <laughs> and for me, that's really weird. The most <laughs> <Funny>. empowering <laughs> thing, right? Um, the most empowering thing is a woman or a man even who feels confident in their own skin without the use of these tools. And that's really the goal when I work with a client. I remember back in college, you know, we were all super vulnerable navigating male-female relationships um, in in the deeper levels. And even with, you know, boyfriends up until a couple years ago, I had a hard time um, being barefaced in front of them. And that was really soul-crushing for me Mm -hmm. because it provided a lot of anxiety. So, yeah you know, being able to be barefaced to the world and confidently so is a really important concept for me and something that I really do like to set as a goal with my clients. But I want to also mention that we need to consider um, honoring ourselves in this whole process. If something feels more stressful to convert over to something clean or if it feels like a really stressful process, that stress that you create can ultimately and long, like in the long term, do a lot of damage mm-hmm. um, and oxidation to your yeah. body. So, yeah, um, stress is worse than anything, any pesticide, anything. <laughs> it's so true. So, um, you know, one of my first rules is like always honor yourself and honor your body and your intuition. And, um, you know, intuition's a real thing. There's a <laughs> gut brain connection, and that's through the vagus nerve. And it communicates. So you got to listen to it. 
So I definitely, and I'm sure that you have something similar to this, but I definitely obey like an 80-20 rule. Mm. If you can get up to 80% um, converted over to clean products Ooh. and you want to allow yourself that 20% because that brings you joy. I'm totally fine with that. I love that. That's like the, the party of my plants approach to makeup yeah. <laughs> products. That's awesome. I love that so much, so much. Thank you. Yes. And I also love that you refer to makeup as a tool or as tools. I've never mm-hmm. heard anyone say that before. And I think that is a really, really, really interesting way of looking at makeup. It's a tool. It enhances what you've already got. And I think I didn't learn, I still don't really know much about makeup, but I didn't learn really how to use things as, as a tool or just look at what I got and say, "Mm, this would enhance this, you know, that I got. Like, I think that's a challenging thing. I think we're just taught, like you put on foundation, you put on eyeliner, you put on mascara, a little stuff on your cheeks, either bronzer, like I used to do like crazy in high school (laughs) um, or blush. And then you bezounce on out into the world. And, you know, maybe we all don't need every single thing. Yeah, it's true. And I think like cutting it down to the least amount of products Mm-hmm. that take the least amount of time that you can stack functions with mm-hmm. and get out there in the world. Like I what? think that's the best way to do it. Um, I love lip to cheek products. Ooh. Something that you can put lip on your lips cheek. and cheek. I like highlighters a lot because you can brighten up under the eye or give your complexion a nice dewiness. You can even use it as an eyeshadow. I think minimalism is great because there are a lot of other things that we should be focused on doing in this, in the world. Um, you know, life is short and as we get older, they somehow seem even, you know, the hours and days seem even shorter. So if we can get ourselves to a place where we're happy and comfortable with ourselves in like less than five minutes Mm -hmm. to get out the door and go crush our day, that's really the objective. And then we can really celebrate those moments that we create to celebrate the fun element of beauty. When you want to spend 20 minutes instead of five minutes on your makeup to go to an occasion or a date or just to uplift yourself if you're feeling a little blue. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I definitely have a different approach than most makeup artists, but I think my approach is really for real women and real real people um, who want to enjoy life and who don't want to spend their days in front of a mirror. You are literally me, but I'm for food and you're for makeup. It is very cool. I feel like I am talking to a mirror. That makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) It makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. I mean, we grew up in the same area. We were in similar communities. And by the way, and you probably know this, but your skin is the largest organ and it absorbs um, between 60 and 70% of what you put on it. So it's pretty much like eating it. Mm-hmm. Good. Nice. Nice yeah. one. What, yeah. Working with you know ladies and their skin as much as you do, have you been able to notice a correlation between one's diet and the quality of their skin? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And Talia, I'm so glad that you asked that because we can really unpack this. And this is something, this is an approach that I've kind of developed over the years. Like I my song continues to develop and to change. But when I used to talk with women about their 
beauty concerns, I used to address it topically. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I can't talk about makeup without talking about skincare. And then I can't talk about skincare unless I'm talking about diet. And if I'm talking about diet, we're talking about gut health, gut health yeah. hormones, immune system, stress levels, relationships. Oi. Right? You got a so, tough job, woman. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm a curious person and I try to make people feel as comfortable as possible with me so that we can really deconstruct and peel back the layers. And I want them to trust me on a really deep level so they can reveal, um, you know, the nitty gritties and diet is certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, gut health is so important. It controls 70% of your immune system. It's where your hormones are metabolized. It's also able to produce, um, happy hormones up Mm -hmm. to, I think 90% of your body's serotonin Mm -hmm. when it's healthy and balanced. Yeah. The gut is is what it's all about. goes back to your gut. It's what it's all about. (laughs) And if you're talking about skin concerns related to acne or rosacea or, um, premature aging or pigmentation, all of that is controlled in the gut. You Mm -hmm. can't even try to address that topically unless you're also addressing it internally. So diet is everything. That's really what it comes down to. Wow. Yeah. Um, There's only so much concealer one can use if you got an unhealthy gut. (laughs) It's true. It's so true. And one of my tools, I mean, I drink Tons of kombucha. Um, yeah, when we did our makeup <laughs> trial, you brought me kombucha, which was incredible. <laughs> Shout out to Health Aid. I love Health Aid. Yes. Um, one of my brides a few years ago is on their marketing team, um, Lindsay Brown. She's amazing. And she um, has gotten me to be a part of their brand ambassador program. So I love spreading the Health Aid love. I firmly believe in it. I drink at least one a day. I couple that with... Um, these amazing probiotics, they're developed actually for women. So they have um, digestive enzymes and um, it's kind of catered more towards the feminine um, hormonal system. Mm-hmm. And then I also take a ton of the Beauty Chef. Yeah, and the Beauty what's Chef, that? oh, it's amazing. So the Beauty None Chef. None of this is, is sponsored, by the way. Let's just preface that for everybody. <laughs> yes. Um, to give a little bit more background, um, I am a makeup therapist. That's my trade. But I'm the global educator for an agency, and we represent about 17 clean beauty and wellness brands. The Beauty Chef is one of them, and we brought that to the U.S. from Australia. Ooh. The Beauty Chef is an organic, bio-fermented, ingestible superfood blend, and there's quite a range of products. There's products that help to boost your body's collagen production while balancing your gut health. There's one that helps to cleanse toxins from your body. There's another that just simply helps to boost hydration or to help you sleep, but all while balancing the gut. And I swear by the beauty chef. Mm. All right. Um, well, so check it out. It's so good. Cool. More for consistency. Like my yeah. skin, I don't suffer with breakouts quite as frequently. That's amazing. Anymore. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love all this. This is wonderful. I want to talk just some random, obscure makeup questions and then go into depth on queen beauty. But first, Let's do it. I want to ask you, we were talking about like minimal makeup or even going barefaced. What are your thoughts on, like, I feel like I haven't really mastered this like everyday look. Like I have my makeup look and it's the same thing as my everyday look. Like if I'm just doing something during the day 
and it's the same thing as if I'm going to a wedding or an event, I like have either makeup or no makeup and I don't have like a, a difference. Like maybe I'll go a little harder on the eyeliner if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, going to an event. I'm curious if you have any advice for me or other people like me who kind of just have like the same makeup thing for like chill vibes and like elevated vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all in the details, honestly. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're putting on a ton more. For me, it's just about adding like one or two adornments or more decorative pieces. So for me, my everyday is something similar to, like, for example, the Kira Weiss Foundation or Ritual Defi's, um Ethereal Veil. It's a really concentrated product that can be sheared out over a face oil, but also built up for the under eyes or for a blemish. So I'll use that and then some highlighter, um, some blush, mascara, always. I have really, really light eyelashes, so I always need mascara. Mm. And then for night, I'll add, like, my favorite thing to do right now is adding just a little bit of sparkle to the inner corner of my eye. Mm. And the product I like using for it is a product by Ritual Defee. It's the Celestial Sphere Isolate. And it's this beautiful kind of opalescent, multidimensional gel that's super sparkly and beautiful. And it just draws the attention um, a little bit more. And that's like a really fun addition. And then of course, a lip. Something a little bit more bolder on the lip for night is a really good way to transition from just your like average casual day look into something more nighttime. I love it. You just really illustrated these adornments, as you call it. So the lip is a thing and a little bit of eye pop is what you Mm -hmm. just described. Talk to me about highlighter. You've mentioned it now twice. I don't have a highlighter or use it. What the hell is highlighter? Oh, I love highlighter. So (laughs) I swear I would put it all over my face if that looked good. What is it? um, Tell me. (laughs) So highlighter is something that adds radiance or brings light to a certain area that you put it on. And really the idea for a highlighter is to give you that glow from within. Um, And that's what makes you look really healthy and hydrated and dewy and um, bright. And people are drawn to things that look healthy. So you're faking your inner health. Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) <laughs> it's a hack well a health hack it is, it is a health hack if you're not feeling super um healthy at some point um it's definitely good to add a little bit of um highlighter where do yeah. you add it like your the tops of your cheeks that's what i'm envisioning yeah you can add it to the tops of the cheek or down the nose or the cupid's bow what's the cupid's bow so like if you place your finger on like the top of your lip Okay. Um, where that little divot is, mm-hmm. that is the Cupid, the Cupid's bow. Why is it called that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Actually, I'd love to know that. I'm sure there's a really cute story behind I'm sure, it. Sure, there's got to be Cupid's bow. Okay, talk to me about a red lip. Can everybody wear a red lip? Because I know some friends who will think that they are unread lipable and it's just not the right thing for them. But everyone always talks about how the red lip is what gives you so much confidence and courage and blah, 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 blah. Thoughts on a red or just a bold lip, please. See, I love a bold lip. Finding the right one is less difficult than you would think. There are some staple red lips that look good on everyone, like a 
traditional kind of blue red. The trick is a lot of these red lips available on the conventional market are super matte, Mm. which I think alters someone's perception of what a red lip looks like because they're used to seeing these like super matte red lips, which come across as like really intense. So finding a red lip that does still have a little bit of shine to it will feel a lot more natural than like a matte red lip. And then if you want to go super bold, you can build up to that matte red lip. Um, But I always think like start softly and you can build up um, to whatever level. And once you find one bold lipstick that works for you, that's kind of like the gateway drug to all other shades. Mm. You start to... (laughs) That makes sense. You start to gain confidence in what you can wear. And I hear a lot of people, they have these like expectations for themselves where it's totally self-implemented, but they say, I should be wearing this or I shouldn't be wearing that. And I hear a lot of like shoulds going on. Mm-hmm. And then I always ask them the question like, well, like who said why? Yeah. Who said? Should, like, said who? Yeah. Like, what? They? what? And I think it's really important to like alleviate that pressure from ourselves. Yeah, totally. If you want to do something, do it. And who cares what everyone says? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really, I, yeah, I was like a red lip virgin for a while. And then I tried it one day, just feeling confident. I was just like, yeah. And I put it on. And now you're right. Like it is a gateway. Now I have a bunch of different reds and dark, you know, pinks and all this stuff. And it's so much fun. The only problem is Jesse hates it because he deems me unkissable with a red lip. But I'm like, dude, when I have a pink lip or whatever, like a, you know, other lipstick, it's the same thing, just less of a color. You're still going to get dunk on you, buddy. <laughs> well, it's a mental I absolutely thing. adore that he finds you irresistible, but you need to tell him that you're doing this for you and it makes you feel awesome. So you're going to need his support. <laughs> All right, you're going to have to interject on wedding day if we switch this. to a red lip for the <laughs> evening portion, which absolutely about, I'm your doing. girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, last question on the obscure makeup questions for the time being, which is what is CC cream, BB cream, foundation? I can't believe how many friends lately have been asking me what CC cream. I use CC cream. I love it. If you know, it's perfect because for me, it's just it is just like a tinted moisturizer. So if I don't want to just put nothing on, I want to put a little something something. CC cream is my jam. But some friends have no idea what that is, and I figure I will now point them to what you're <laughs> about to say the next time anybody asks me. <laughs> awesome. So I will break this down for you really quick and dirty. Or clean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got it. Um, so a BB cream, technically, like when it was first launched onto the market, was supposed to be kind of a hybrid between a foundation and skincare. So it's like a foundation with skincare incorporated. Hmm. And then a CC cream was created as like a color correcting foundation that has skincare involved too. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I want to say is that it's important to not get too caught up in all of these terms Mm -hmm. and all of this verbiage because it's all just marketing. Mm -hmm. And just because something is called a foundation, it doesn't mean that it's not a tinted moisturizer. It doesn't mean that it's not a BB or a CC cream. So... 
And I know that that kind of like convolutes it a little bit more, but it's really about disregarding the marketing or like the name of something and just finding what's right for you. Because I know the idea of a tinted moisturizer sounds really good, but it, you know, isn't right for everyone. So it's important just to kind of go to your local clean beauty retailer, or if you don't have one near you, request samples online and take it home and use it for a couple of days. And any person working at a clean beauty retailer is genuinely interested in your well-being and they want to help you find products you actually love and that you'll use. So there's no more of this like taking advantage of the consumer and trying just to like wring you dry of your money. Uh Um, It's really about finding the products that are appropriate for you personally. So is there a way of you telling us you can say no, but like what type of person might benefit from a BBCC foundation tinted moisturizer situation versus someone who might not? Yeah, definitely. I think someone with um, clearer skin will definitely lean more towards tinted moisturizers, BB creams, CC creams. Another thing that I really like to point out is that most people, even if they do have congestion in some areas, probably between like 90 and 95% of their complexion on their face is still perfect and clear. So using a tinted moisturizer to even out the tone and then using a concealer to add it into places where you need a little bit more coverage, Mm, that will guarantee a much more natural look rather than just going full coverage over the whole face. I love that. That is very helpful. Well done. You rock. Thank you. Yay. Thanks to Lisa Eldridge. (laughs) She, She was the makeup artist who I watched like every single one of her videos when I was formally learning how to do makeup. And she really inspired me. Oh, Um, cool. Yeah. She's amazing. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's shift a little bit into, you know, this broad topic of clean beauty and clean makeup. So let me just ask you right off the bat, like, how would you, like, what is clean beauty? Like, what does that mean? Like, yeah, just answer that. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll start with that. I'm happy to. So I'm going to throw out some facts and figures so everyone get their pens and paper out. <laughs> um, I really do like to start any training off with these facts because they're really what drives the point home. But in 1938, there was history a history lesson. Come on. <laughs> Never did I ever already. think I'd be giving a history lesson. In 1938, there was. Um, a regulation put into place that it's a one and a half sheet of paper and it was put into place to regulate the entire beauty industry. Fast forward, we're now in 2018 and we're still functioning off of that one and a half page piece of regulation that That's regulates crazy. the whole multi-billion dollar industry. That's not, that is actually ludicrous. Yeah. It's like, really what? insane. Yeah. So that's, that's a big one. Another thing that I like to point out is there are about 12,500 ingredients on the beauty market Mm -hmm. and our FDA has only regulated close to 20 ingredients out of 12,500. When you say it's regulated, what does that mean? So this means that it's either banned completely or banned in certain concentrations or like a certain version of that ingredient. So it's only put rules or limitations or completely say no, no, no on 20 out of 12,500 
possible ingredients. Yes, exactly. So assuming all the other ones they say are chill for our face, are safe or healthy, whatever. Fine. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of issues with that. You know, animal testing is a big conversation right now and a lot of people are against it, but what they don't understand is that it's actually not the animal testing that's the issue. It's the issue that our FDA doesn't regulate the industry for ingredient safety. So ethically, we're not able to test directly onto humans because the ingredients in our industry are not proven safe. So we test on animals first. Mm -hmm. If in a perfect world, all of the ingredients that could be put into our cosmetics were safe, we could just test on humans and get actual feedback on performance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's a whole thing. That's awesome. And I know also that Europe has banned, what, like 1,400 ingredients from their market. Yeah, we're, exactly. we've only chilling over here regulating 20. Yeah. And Ugh. so you've started to see all of these clean beauty retailers create their own ingredient safety standards. Oh. So that's really what clean beauty means to me. It's a more regulated oh. product um, for ingredients, but also for efficacy. Right. Okay. You talk a lot about efficacy and that you, we, when we did our trial, you talked a ton about effective. People don't think it's effective, effective. Talk to me about that. I didn't realize that. I mean, I'm really not a big makeup person as it's been clear through this conversation, mm-hmm. but in terms of like my knowledge and my skills, but, um, I guess for people that are more savvy makeup people, do they feel that clean beauty products are not as effective, if you will? And then what does that mean, effective? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even myself, when I was working in conventional beauty, this was like four years ago, there weren't options available. So it was true when we thought that natural products didn't work. But now there's been so much advancement thanks to a lot of really um, passionate founders who are committed to creating products that are not only clean, but that work. And the reason why they work is because our bodies can recognize the ingredients because we've grown with them in nature. So of course our, you know, DNA welcomes these ingredients with open arms and can actually translate them into performance. And when you say performance and effective, do you mean like lipstick running off your face or like, you know, fading in a few minutes or like mascara, just like not glowing on like that, like literally like working the way it's meant to work? Yeah. And I think that conversation kind of depends on whether or not you're talking about makeup or skincare. Mm. So makeup is formulated for utility and for performance, of course. But skincare is formulated for efficacy of the ingredients to deliver actual improvement and results and prevention and protection and defense and hydration rather than like function. Mm, Okay. All right. So I'm, so when you say clean beauty, we're talking skincare products as well as makeup. We're talking everything. We're talking deodorant, toothpaste, vaginal care, we're talking okay. everything. All yeah. Right. And head to toe. To <laughs> head to, to toe. Southern region. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's okay. true. 
Okay. All right. That's very helpful. I'm really appreciating this little breakdown here. (laughs) So, I mean, if we can't trust the FDA to really help us find safe products, since they're clearly just like slogging around since 1938, sitting on their ass doing nothing, um, who can we trust to be transparent? I mean, if people are listening right now and they're like, oh my God, like, so what's the alternative? Where do I go to find a tr- like people that actually got my back and my vag. Right. <laughs> what, totally. what would you say people could do? Who can we trust? Yes. I know. And that, that's a hard conversation. It also theory. depends on, <laughs> it also depends on location uh-huh. too. So like, we're so lucky here in New York, we yeah. have two credos, mm-hmm. which that's credo is like the clean Sephora mm-hmm. and they are um, welcoming of a lot of, clean beauty products and brands. Um, they're the widest assortment. And then we have Cap Beauty, which was kind of one of the first clean beauty retailers in the city, and they don't allow synthetics. They're really clean, and they have a wide variety of ingestible beauty as well. There's Folane, which um, I worked for them for three years and was so, so privileged to work for them because that's really where my education as a tool for um, social change came in and I am so fortunate to have worked for them. Um, and I really see them as the clean authority. So they have the cleanest variety and the most curated selection of clean beauty products. And then there's detox market, which, um, they're just opening, or I think they just opened last weekend here in New York city. And they are up there as well, as far as really stringent safety standards. Okay. Um, there's a lot of retailers who are doing really incredible work. So I would say count on those retailers. If you can get into a store, that's amazing because then you can touch, feel, experience. Mm -hmm. But if you can't, these websites have been built to be as user-friendly as possible to help people find products that are actually right for them and that will work for them. So um, I'd say that's a really good starting point. And of course, I'm always happy to lead people in the right direction if they have specific product questions. Yeah, you're like the makeup shaman. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So we'll put in the show notes links to all the stores you just referenced. And then, so if you can go get to a physical store, obviously that's the best. But many people, many, many people cannot. So then would you say just hop online and do the best you can with that? Absolutely. And the thing about shopping with any of these retailers is you don't even have to think about safety or performance because they've all curated for both. Right. That's good. What about like going to like a health food store and buying, you know, some of that makeup or skincare products? What are your thoughts on that? I find the experience to be a little bit overwhelming Mm -hmm. because there's just so much and there's not someone there who can tell you much about the products or what their personal experience has been. It's a wider variety. Um, of products. They have a ton on the shelves. But I think that going to this, going to these natural food stores when you're in a pickle, definitely a great idea. And for those of you on a budget too, mm-hmm. um, these health food stores can really be a great option. That said, the barriers are starting to drop um, in the luxury clean beauty industry as well. So you can now shop at all of the stores that I just mentioned and there will be affordable options for you. And I feel that, I mean, 
for myself, because I wear so little makeup now, I don't mind spending a little bit more on a product because it's going to last me so long because I wear it very infrequently. So it's kind of like a money saving way, unless you're about to tell me that's a stupid idea because things expire, in which case, tell me that. But until you tell Mm -hmm. me that, I'm saying that's kind of my money saving hack. It's not really, but it is because, you know, if I buy a really clean uh, mascara, like that'll last me like six months. Well, mascara is really the bad example. (laughs) There you go. You know what? Whatever. This is a teaching opportunity. Wonderful. Teach. Um, So mascara really is the one that you should throw out after three months, okay. four months tops. But here I am using it for six months. And okay. what's going to happen? What will well, happen to my eyelashes? When you're using a mascara, you're basically collecting the bacteria from your eyelashes and then putting it in a tube Ew. Um, where it can grow more um, over long periods of time. I know it seems a little icky, but just make sure that you're getting through it within okay, three or four months. What about everything else? Everything else <laughs> should have a shelf life or a lifespan once you open yeah. and use it of about 12 months. Okay. And if See, you, you love go. something, yeah, you're good. <laughs> and if you love something, you should be getting through it within 12 months at the most. Yeah. That's kind of a donk if you're But not. I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, cut down on the amount of products that you have and yeah increase the amount that you love the products that you are buying. Precious. Yeah. Well, on the topic of mascara, actually, I've heard in many, many of female conversations I've had that mascara is the one of all the clean makeup switches that people have made that I know. They're all stuck on mascara. They're like, is there an effective clean mascara? Because I have not found one. To that, what do you have to say? Of course. So I have three mascaras that are on the top of my list. Um, the first one would be the Lily Lolo mascara. That's the brand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. We're going to, you're going to, we're going to email and you're going to give me all these names and we're going to put them in the show notes for everybody. Perfect. I'll send you all the links. Thanks. Um, the Lily Lolo mascara is fantastic. Well, people's mascara is incredible. That's what I use. I like that. It's so, so good. I love the brush on that. It mm. really combs the lashes. So they're not um, stuck together. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the Kier Weiss mascara hmm. and that's spelled K J A E R W E I S. Um, and that's really high performing. They're creating a new one, I believe with a different brush, um, that I'm really looking forward to using, but those formulas are the most long wear in my opinion, and they're not waterproof. So you don't have to like scrub your eyes really mm-hmm. to get it off either. So it's better for your lashes too. Why do people keep saying that mascara is so hard to find clean? Do you hear that too? Oh, all the time. Why? What's all up the with time? That? Because in the conventional, thing? yeah, in conventional mascaras, there's a lot of ingredients that are put into the formula to really make them stay. Okay. And unfortunately, those are the ingredients that are Crap. not so clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So that, because mascara is the one thing everyone wants to stay, that's what everyone's about. Like 12 hours lasting. Lasts for four years. <laughs> right? Exactly. Long lashes and permanently. Um, totally. Yeah. And this is one of those things too, like if it causes you more stress to to transition, just, you know, 
keep using it or like use your conventional one for special occasions where you really need long wear and use the well people mascara one of these mascaras like for your daily use Mm, and the mascara isn't actually you know touching your skin it's just on your lashes so it's not being absorbed into your skin it it more poses a loophole risk to the eyes Mm mm-hmm Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, on that on that note, so if if you're basically saying, listen, peeps, if you're stressed about finding a cleaner mascara, that's probably the lowest hanging fruit. That's the wrong word for the the term I'm trying to go. But that's <laughs> the least of your worries of all the skincare products. So, if you were to list like the you know three skincare or makeup products, excuse me, I keep using them interchangeably. Three makeup products that everyone should try if they can to switch to clean versions of. First, what would you say are those three? Absolutely. So I like to think of surface area. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the thing that's going to be covering your face the most will be your foundation or tinted moisturizer, BB or CC or DD cream, whatever it may be. What is DD? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, just made that one up. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going down the alphabet. <laughs> um, so I think a lot about surface area. You want to convert the thing that's taking up the most surface area, the first, and then you want to convert something that you're using the most frequently Mm. next. So if you're using a blush or a chapstick or, um, a concealer or bronzer every single day, you definitely want to convert that one as well. That's awesome. That's really awesome advice. So the things that cover the most surface area and the things that obviously we use the most frequently. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And yes. what's the difference between like natural, organic, plant-based, vegan? I mean, is there a gold standard? Like what what are your thoughts on all these different terms? So I'm so glad you asked because there's a lot of confusion going on and people will walk into a clean beauty store and they say they, they want something vegan and they'll be wearing leather boots and wearing a fur coat. And it's like, okay, you actually don't want something vegan. You just want something Plant clean, based. but you think uh-huh. that that vegan means plant-based or clean. Well, that, I mean, this is the exact same thing with the food, with food people. Yes. You know, they go to all these, like, oh oh God, I don't even get me started, but people like, will be like, oh, it's a vegan donut. I'm like, it's a donut. Is it fried? It's a fried donut. It's not like a healthy, now it's not like, it's not a vitamin because it's vegan. It's not a a vitamin donut. It's not feeding your body with fuel. (laughs) It's It's feeding it with synthetics. And that's exactly what you're doing oftentimes when you're, going to Sephora and you're buying a vegan product, it's like, okay, well, it doesn't have honey or beeswax or carmine or um, lanolin, but it has, you know, parabens and phthalates and fragrance and all of these things that you don't want in your products. Mm -hmm. So then we're becoming the farmed animal, right? Yeah. So it is important to be aware of what these terms mean. So vegan means that there's no animal products at all, but it doesn't always guarantee that it's clean. Natural and organic is a tricky conversation too, because there are safe synthetics that are not natural occurring ingredients, but that are still proven to be safe for us. Organic is tricky because there are only certain things that can be certified as organic, because if it's not grown straight from the ground from organic soil, then you can't get it organic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like water can't be organic. Mineral can't be organic. Anything 
marine derived from the sea can't be certified organic because you can't grow it from organic soil. So right. when people come in and they're like, I want something a hundred percent organic, it's like <sighs> you you can't really do that. <laughs> right. Most of the time. But then there are some products that are completely organic, like, you know, a cold pressed rosehip oil. Like that can absolutely be done organically. Mm-hmm. But um as far as makeup goes, it is tricky to get a hundred percent organic, but that doesn't mean it's any less quality or clean. Shit. This is, it's all, I mean, it's tricky. It is tricky. And I really, when I'm with a client, like to break all of these things down to empower them to make their best decisions. I mean, to be honest, the way that I'm feeling as you're talking is like, this is a little bit stressful for me to process. Like, I don't want to do all this research and like learn all about my products. It's just not what I'm interested in. And it does spark the feeling of stress for me. So I think what I feel is just like going to a place like Credo or all the other, I just know that one, but all the other stores, Cap or whatever that you listed, just makes me feel like, okay, these peeps got my back. I assume you're telling me they do. So I believe you. Um, (laughs) Everything in here I can trust is good is not bad at least you know so Absolutely. that's sort of how i personally want to roll and i just think if anybody's listening and they're like um okay i don't have time to research what's in my lipstick i would say the way i roll is just i go there <laughs> instead of sephora and i'm just like okay they've they've done the research for me i can just sit back and see what shade i'm craving Absolutely. If you're even thinking about walking into Sephora and walking out with a clean product, I'm sure they will have you convinced that the, whatever product they're selling you is clean and it won't be. Right. So going into one of these stores where it's guaranteed that you're going to get safe and effective ingredients and they do have your back. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the best way to go and shopping online for them too. Yes. Cause on otherwise any other it's just website. a little stressful, at least for me. I mean, maybe it's fun for you cause this is what you do and it's probably is fun for you, but for like a common folk like me, like I don't care to research what's in my lipstick. No. And like, honestly, life's too short. It's yeah. Life's too short. Like, you <laughs> I have, have to pick the right shade. That's def- stressful enough. <laughs> yeah. And like, honestly, the whole reason why I embarked on this journey and path is because I found makeup to be stressful. And I was like, it's Mm -hmm. just makeup. Yes. I don't want it to be stressful. Like it shouldn't be stressful. Yes. And if I'm feeling like it's stressful, then everyone else must be because I actually enjoy beauty. (laughs) So that, that was really like my point of empathy and entrance where I was like, I'm going to flip this industry on its head. And, um, you know, through persevering through others, criticisms and, um, having this really concrete state of optimism. Um, through it, I really do feel like I'm able to help people in a way that I dreamed of. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. Well, one thing that you just said before that amazingness was you said something about safe that we can trust that these retailers, both online and in physical stores have products that are safe. Let's just scare people or scare myself for a second. Like, what is unsafe about just going to like a drugstore or just a regular beauty store and buying these these products with these um, unregulated ingredients? Like, what are the negative consequences? Yeah, so <laughs> scare me, <laughs> woman. <laughs> and I like I don't talk about this often because when I was first entering this industry, I talked about safety so much and about like the consequences of not converting. And I, that was really scary for me and for everyone else. So I don't talk about them often and I'm certainly not a doctor, (laughs) but I will, I think it's important to touch on. Yeah. Just so there are 
hormone disrupting or endocrine disrupting ingredients that are found in the texturizers, the preservatives, the um, fragrance, the plasticizers, the things that give give it its texture. Um, and when basically when our skin absorbs those ingredients, mm-hmm. our bodies view them as hormones. Mm. So they're hormone mimicking ingredients, but they're not actually hormones. So it throws out our entire endocrine system, yeah. throws off our entire endocrine system, which can lead to many different things, PCOS, breast cancer, um, especially for pregnant women who are using um, any sort of endocrine disrupting ingredients during their pregnancy. It can result in like improper formation of the fetus and um, attention deficit disorders and it can result in a lot your of your whole things. body's out of whack if your hormones are out of whack exactly yeah. and in so and many ways totally and what i don't like to talk about as much is the scary c word cancer yeah um when so our our skin doesn't have a liver like our internal system does so when these ingredients are absorbed they form masses in our muscles and tissue and that's called bioaccumulation. And that's what leads to cancers. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, so it can lead there to There you a go. Lot you effectively different... scared the shit out of us. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I like get really worked <laughs> up thinking about it as, you know, someone who's been affected by family members with cancer, et cetera. Like, it's really important that we share this information with our loved ones so that we can protect them. Yes. Oh. Even if we are scaring them a little bit. Yeah, sometimes you do. Like sometimes we're motivated by negative consequences, right? I mean, if you're looking at two lipsticks and a one beauty, you know, the natural uh, clean beauty store, it's X amount, but at a drugstore, it's way less X amount. And you're like, whoa, oh, it's just foundation. Who cares? Like you sometimes need the fear and the realistic consequences to be the difference between the who cares. Yeah. Right. And you know, you have to know your audience too. Like scare tactics definitely do not work (laughs) for everyone. I'm fear mongering. (laughs) Yeah. And that, and that's like, that was a conversation. Yeah, totally. So you have to know like who you're talking to. And for me, it's about catering the conversation to what I actually think is going to convert someone. Right. So I'll, you know, some people need to hear the scary stuff where others need to hear the performance Mm, value of converting. Some people just want to know that it's going to look better on their skin because yeah. these products do look like skin and not makeup. Ooh, wait, <laughs> say more about that. So this, so natural or clean stuff can actually look better. Yeah. And, and that makes sense because a lot of them are based in oils. Okay. Cause, cause I know this, hold on. Tell me. When you use oil, you don't need to add parabens. Yes. Right? Definitely. Or something. Because mm-hmm. I learned that yeah. with Frankenwick, because he, all of his products are either oil based or dry, because he says once you introduce water, you can have like spoilage and mold and all that crap. And so you add the parabens, which are chemicals to keep this basically this, it from spoiling. So if you just go with oil, you avoid the bad parabens. You are 100% correct. So <laughs> if there's water, you need a preservative system. Preservative. So, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, parabens too, right? Yes. Parabens okay. are... A preservative. A, yeah, a preservative. Um, and parabens are plastic. And Ew. plastic is very dissimilar to the 
composition of our skin. Yeah. So if there's plastic in a product, it's not going to look like our skin, Mm. right? Yes. So if you're using oils and aloe and mineral, that will look a lot more natural than synthetics. Yes. I love this. This is, I'm I'm revved up here, man. (laughs) Good. Well, one more thing to rev you up because this is what really jazzes me is I think about every dollar you spend as a vote. Mm -hmm. So where are you putting your voting dollars? Are you putting it towards a multi-million dollar company who just wants to make as much money as they can and without even considering public health? Or do you want to give your voting dollars to a really passionate founder of a brand who's committed to delivering safe and effective products. So it's a question of who you're supporting when you use those dollars. Are you supporting um, someone who's doing more good or more bad? So I think it's really fun to get to know the founders behind your brand and do some research on that um, to know who you're supporting. And I want to just shout out randomly Adina Grigori of SW Basics, who I know you're a fan of as well, and her book Skin Cleanse. She was on this podcast. I'll link it to it in the show notes. I think I don't remember off the top of my head what episode it was, but she is a wonderful female founder of a tremendously clean and amazing uh, skincare line. Yep. SW Basics was one of the first brands that I kind of fell in love with because I really do think simplicity is the answer to consistency. Yeah. And her products all have five ingredients or less. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Five. Yeah. Of all. Go for it. No, that was awesome. Five ingredients or less and um, like all plant-based and just freaking amazing. And the branding is great and she's great. And it's, it was, I mean, the whole episode is how her products were built out of personal necessity and experience and and that's the just the a real life personification of what you're saying how we vote with our dollar i mean when you hear the episode with adina and you hear her story and how she's a just a woman she's a woman who was in brooklyn now she's i believe in colorado but she's she was in brooklyn and she was having skin issues and she figured out how to do it. And then she just started hand making these products and then people wanted them and then she started selling them and then she started a business. And so when you purchase her products, you are supporting the good that she's doing in the world. And I think for the most part, correct me if I'm wrong, that most of these clean products that, you know, are curated by these stores that really, really do have our back and our face and our skin, you know, these are small founders, businesses, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Sometimes that can be limiting and it has been for a lot of brand founders because they're not growing as quickly as they like because it's all based on how much funding they have. But what we're starting to see is that the clean beauty sector is the fastest growing part of the beauty industry right now. So we're seeing a lot of investment happening in clean beauty, which is amazing. Yeah. I just think I, you know, a lot of people, I'm so excited about this conversation because I think with like goop and all that kind of stuff that clean beauty has this stigma like oh you know i got to now spend all my money on freaking organic lipstick when that's why i wanted to really break down and, and bring in some of the fear and talk about some of the consequences and the realistic reasons why you should maybe consider upgrading your makeup and skincare other than the fact that it is now trendy to do so Yeah. And like, you don't have to dive right into the most expensive product because that doesn't 
always mean that it's going to work the best for you. Just because your friend's using something doesn't mean that it's the best for your skin or your wallet. If you're converting to clean beauty, period, like at all, you're already doing good for your skin. So you don't have to invest in the most expensive thing. And I think you can give yourself a pat on the back if you're even exploring the transition. Yeah. Pats all around. Pat, pat, pat. All right. A few more (laughs) questions. Um, Lipsticks. How many lipsticks do you think is a, I don't know, this is a really random question, but like, I love buying lipsticks for some reason. I find it so fun, but there's only so many freaking shades out there. (laughs) But like how many lipsticks is a good amount to have in like a rotation? Is that a weird question? No, not at all. I I think three is enough. Oh wow! Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> way more than that. But I don't know what I'm doing with them. I just buy them. Some that's kind of the thing that I do. It's just really random. But when I'm in a really good mood, maybe it's this whole confidence thing we were talking about. You know, putting on red lipstick on a day where you're just like confident AF. I feel like when I just like had a great day or something went awesome, I'm like, I'm gonna celebrate by buying a new lipstick. I love that. that. I love that so much. No, I think lipstick is something to be celebrated. It's so much fun. And for me, it's often the days where I am not feeling like I'm looking my best or maybe I'm like tired where I throw on a fun lipstick and it brings me back Mm. to where I want to be. So So for everyone, it's so different. Yeah. Um, But I think (laughs) (laughs) it is, it's, I mean, it can be either, but um, I think three is enough because you want to use the ones that you're buying. Exactly. Especially, you know, with my logic before about if you're going to spend more on this stuff, use it. Wait, that was the opposite of my logic, which was (laughs) I don't use it that frequently. So it lasts longer. But anyway. But I mean, it's whatever brings you joy. Like if looking at those lipsticks and bringing you back to the memory of you buying it and what mm-hmm. happened that day. Maybe they're like tokens of yeah. happiness. Yes. Aww. <laughs> right? So cute. Little tokens. <laughs> What's your favorite lipstick brands? Oh, that's really a great question. I would have to say across the board, the Kosas lipsticks. Mm, Kosas. Okay. K-O-S-A-S, um, right? Yeah. They're a six-hour where she's really fine-tuned her color assortment. So there's only nine shades I believe and there's certainly one for everyone she wanted to guarantee more success in lipstick shopping so she formulated the colors so that they would work for a wider variety of undertones wow okay so that was that's your number one six yeah where I pretty much always have like two of them in my bag and then um those are like for like the more like high intensity lipsticks uh-huh. for like my everyday lip product, Carrie Grand's Lip Whips. Um, she has a bunch of different shades. Some of them are super sheer and give almost no color. And then some of them give just enough. Um, that's really my everyday when I want something hydrating and just a little bit of color. Cool. What's the brand? Carrie Grand. Huh. Grand. Yes. K-A-R-I-G-R-A-N. Okay. Great. That's so helpful. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's your lip product for day and for night. Perfect. <laughs> Even with just those two, you'll be golden. Kosas. 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 Kosas mm-hmm. for day and Cary Grand for night. I mean, mm-hmm. reverse. Yes. Reverse. reverse. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I'm like getting distracted. Okay. We have to talk about wedding makeup for a sec. We have to. The bridal look. So when you did 
my makeup trial, you actually had me write down adjectives that describe how I want to feel on my wedding day, which was so incredible. And I still have the list. And what gave you the idea to do that? I mean, that was remarkable. (laughs) Thank you. Honestly, I, my intuition just told me to do it one day. Like I had never seen it done before, but I was just like, Oh, like this might be fun. And honestly, that's kind of the course of my life. Like I, my intuition tells me before I even consciously know that I want something or that I'm going to do something. But yeah, one day I was just like, Oh, like this might be good because my objective in the trial is not even really to perfect a look. It's to perfect getting inside your head and understanding your expectations and your vision. Oh, yes. Well, it's hard to have a vision for, you know, what you look for on your wedding. It actually is very hard because I did a makeup trial before you where I walked out and I did not look like myself. And Jesse, when he saw me, he literally was like, whoa, but not in like a, whoa, like, like you look amazing. He was like, whoa. Like, Like, whoa, what have you done with my... Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, what? And he's like, I've just never seen you in so much makeup. And, and I was like, well, it's the wedding. Like you're supposed to wear a lot. And then, you know, I just, as I sat there, we went out to dinner because, you know, I didn't want to just like have all this makeup and just sit and watch friends on the couch. So we like (laughs) went out to dinner and I just remember feeling very insecure. You know, everyone that walked by, if they looked at us, like, I'm like, oh my God, they're judging how much makeup I have. Or or Mm -hmm. like, I felt it on my face. And, and it's a tough thing as a bride or as for, at least I can speak for myself going through this where, you know, you just with all these expectations, like it's your bridal look, but Mm -hmm. like, what if you want your bridal look to just be you just elevated, which is what I want. And honestly, that is all of my brides want that. And Mm. they need it to, and like, not be, we're not doing this for the husband, but all of my bridal makeup is husband approved where they don't (laughs) even really know what's going on. You just look like your best self. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I think that's really common. I didn't want to be the kind of makeup artist that did makeup on someone and then had that person thinking about the makeup the whole rest of the day. I wanted them just to live in the present on their very special day and not be distracted mm-hmm. by the makeup or feel uncomfortable in too much because I don't wear a lot of makeup right. at all. Um, and I don't feel comfortable wearing a lot of makeup. Like I don't like the smoky eye, you know, uh-huh. like it, it just never felt right to me. So I don't uh-huh. do it on my clients either unless they like specifically request it. But most of my clients, that's not them. Mm, yeah. Do you feel more pressure doing someone's makeup for their wedding versus just like any old day? Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I, yeah, definitely. Not trying to make you nervous. I'm just curious. <laughs> um, I think I hold myself to a really high standard because I really care about my clients. I mean, I don't see them as clients. I see them as friends. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I'm a professional the day of, but most of my brides I have a super lasting relationship with. And I want to make sure that they're as happy as they can possibly be. So without allowing that stress to transfer onto the bride, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely I feel it. But, you know, with practice, everything gets better. So now I have like, you know, probably a hundred weddings under my belt and I just find it fun now. I I don't think too much about it. That's awesome. Well, speaking of lasting, you said lasting relationships. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice on how to make wedding makeup last? I mean, 
I think I get my makeup done around like noon or, you know, between noon and one. And the wedding starts at five, five thirty, I think. I'm I don't know the timeline exactly, but like that's a freaking long time just till the start mm-hmm. of the wedding. So do you have any hacks or tricks for makeup lasting that long? Absolutely. So skin prep is everything and skin prep doesn't just mean day of wedding. So it means working on your skin um, in the months prior to the wedding to make sure that it's hydrated and that it's clear and that, um, and Talia, you're so good. You go for routine facials. So <laughs> you do. are golden. You have beautiful skin. Thanks. Such a beautiful girl. Oh, and, um, <laughs> and so definitely like taking care of yourself leading up to the wedding, which can be hard for a lot of people because it's sometimes the most stressful time of their lives, despite yeah. how excited they are. Um, so skin prep prior, skin prep day of, the trick is you need it, but you also can't go too heavy on it because if there's a ton of like face oil underneath the makeup, it's not going to stay as well. Mm. Oh man! So you need to, what I like to do is I apply the skincare, like usually like a pretty dense, um, balm or face oil. I love using May Lindstrom's blue cocoon on all of my brides because it has blue tansy, which is extremely aromatherapeutic and helps to bring their anxiety and stress down. What is this product? What is this? Oh, it's magic. It's called uh, the blue cocoon by May Lindstrom and it is a face balm. It's great for inflammation and puffiness and redness and, um, has a lot of aromatherapeutic value too. I like the name. It's it's like one of the most extravagant, beautiful, luxurious products in the industry. Sounds I love it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll apply that to the skin. And then as it's absorbing, I'll start in with eye makeup. So I always start with the eyes first to give the skincare some time to absorb. And then just with like a micellar water, I'll gently remove any excess from the surface of the skin because most of it should be absorbed. Mm-hmm. into the skin within, you know, the 15 minutes that it takes for me to do your eyes. Mm. And then I use two different primers typically on every bride, wow. the same ones. <laughs> and that just ensures that everything's going on smoothly and that it's going to stay. Um, I had no and- idea what goes, you haven't even put on foundation yet. Right, exactly. Like I had no idea all this stuff. I mean, I'm just like when we did our trial or whatever, I was just sitting there, you know, chilling, sipping my kombucha. I had no idea what was going on, but damn, you were doing so much stuff. Just to yeah, even get going. It's quite a process. Wow. And for everyone it's different, but I've really found the products that make the experience um mm-hmm. and the wear. For, I had no idea me. that the prep was so important for it to be long lasting. Yeah, of course. And then setting powder at the end. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just to absorb any excess oil. Cool. Yeah. Do you have any advice for brides who want to wear, you know, more natural makeup on their wedding day if they're feeling nervous about the, I guess, performance of it or, or what maybe feet, like maybe no under whatever it's called under eye liner or something like, do you Mm -hmm. have any advice on that? Yeah. Well, my best advice would be if you're someone who uses like Estee Lauder and Armani and like whatever conventional luxury brand, if you're using that every day and you're like, oh, like maybe it'll be fun to use all non-toxic makeup for my wedding day. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like don't let the one time that you're trying 
clean beauty to be the day of your wedding. Okay. Because your expectations <laughs> will will be very different. So like if you're gonna commit to natural beauty, like start it before the wedding and like <laughs> get do it on your big it. day. Yeah, totally. Don't don't let the first time be on your big day. That's really good advice. Yeah. Um and yeah, just find someone who you really, truly trust. Mm-hmm. Like you. <laughs> like me. <Yay. laughs> uh, yes. What about makeup removal? Any advice for that? Like, wh- like mm-hmm. what's, what's your go-to makeup removal product? Oh, goodness. Okay, so my favorite, and I told you this when we met, but my favorite um, skincare brand currently is a brand called Patika. And it was the first eco-certified brand. And it's a brand from Paris. Um, and it's beautiful and they have a cleansing trio. It's a cleansing oil followed by a cleansing foam and you put the oil on, you massage over everything and facial massage is a huge part of cleansing and skincare in my opinion. Mm. Um, and then you keep the cleansing oil on and you put the foam directly over it and it breaks everything apart and then you rinse off, takes five seconds to rinse off and your skin is still super hydrated and you're not stripping, um, the surface of the skin. So it won't ever feel dry or tight. So that's my favorite cleansing method. What's the, you said it's a tree. I thought you said it's a trio. So the, the third part of that is, um, an essential lifting lotion, which is a toner and that infuses hyaluronic acid into the skin and it uses oat polysaccharides to tighten and lift. Um, and it's really great for increasing radiance and hydration too. Damn. Just, oh my God, you know everything. <laughs> I've taken so many notes. This is incredible. I'm incredible. like such a, I'm such a geek about it. I love it so much. But you're also like poetic and inspirational and not, I mean, it's just so cool that you, ha- you know, the science and the practicality of using these tools, but then you have the emotional and like spiritual component. It's, it's awesome. You are Thank an you. awesome it- human. Oh, Talia, <laughs> you are as well. I've been listening to Party in My Plants long before we met, and it's my favorite. I listen to it whenever I'm needing a little bit of a pick-me-up or a, or a burst of knowledge. It's my favorite, and you're so entertaining. Thank you. I wasn't yeah. fishing there, but thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> thank you so much. So of I want to wrap by just asking some of your faves, even mm-hmm. though I already got your fave lipsticks, your fave cleansers, a lot of your faves, but... If you had to pick one beauty prod, makeup tool <laughs> to wear, you know, tomorrow, if you had, could only wear one, what would it be? Oh, that's so hard. Um, well, I've been using this one product for about three years. So Ooh. I guess you could say I love it. Um, can't live without it. Um, Vapor so. has a foundation. It's called the Soft Focus Foundation, and it gives you a really nice, even, dewy, beautiful complexion without looking like makeup whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. So you just and it's, put on. Just it pretty on much packs. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you can just use your fingertips. It's super easy. Um, it's packed with skincare too, so it's not just makeup. It has oh. basically, if you were to collect like all of the ingredients. Um, that are like the most nourishing and, um, you know, comforting for the skin from the skincare wall. And you coupled that with some mineral pigment. That's what you get in the vapor foundation. Wow. That sounds amazing. That sounds like it could replace my CC cream. Absolutely. And 
this is exactly what I recommend for people who are used to a CC or a BB cream. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'll look into it. Yeah. What would you say then you would add on to that if you could add one more product? Let's just build your face slowly. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) Mascara for sure, because my lashes are so light. Um, my eyes get a little bit lost if I don't have the lashes on there, but I do have to say I am, I'm a little bit, um, you know, I like to have fun with makeup as you guys know, and well, people has a mascara that comes in different shades. So there's a purple and a blue. And I actually, that's the mascara that I use every single day because it adds this level of kind of edginess, um, or, you know, you're so edgy. <laughs> We're so just the edgy. edginess. I can just hear it in your poetic voice. So edgy AF. The edge. <laughs> um, but I love to add that dimension of fun to the makeup. Even if I'm just using two products, I'm going to use the foundation that makes my skin look like mine and then um, add a little bit more fun to the mascara. I love it. And then what would you finish with your what lip situation? We already know you would do a lip whip. <laughs> See, I'm taking good notes. (laughs) You're taking great notes. Um, Yeah, I would do a lip whip and that's applied with your finger. And then what I would do is I'd just take whatever's remaining on my finger and just pat a little bit on each cheek to give a little bit of color and um, a little bit of dewiness. It's kind of like it could be used as like an intermediate. Yeah, exactly. Can you do that with like any color that you're using on your lip? Absolutely. Really? And and any brand. Like it doesn't have to just be lip whip. Like I could just take my lipstick, put it on my lip and then dab a little on my cheeks. Yep, exactly. I'll put the lipstick on my lips first and then I'll take like two fingers and just press it gently on my lips and then just pat around um, like the height of the cheekbone. Well, that is a hack if I've ever heard one. Yeah. This whole entire podcast episode led us to that hack of the century. Oh, it's such a good one. And <laughs> I really encourage people to unleash their inner child and to <laughs> play with makeup in ways that are unlimited. Like people put themselves in such a box. And I think it's important to kind of break those boxes, get out of the box and have fun. I mean, I just learned that you could use two masks in one swoop, just mix them in your hand and put them on your face. And I was like, what? You can do that? And oh, we yeah. make these rules for us. I mean, I'm a chronic um, like label reader, like a, a directions reader for how to use products. So I just take it literally. And I'm like, what's yeah. a pea size? What's a quarter size? What's a pump? I need more than a pump. You know, but I'm like, no, but the rules totally. say just a pump. <laughs> totally. And I think you're not alone in that. <laughs> I'm um, sure I'm not. But in clean beauty, there are no rules because it's all safe and I love you can that. utilize it in any way you please. No rules. Okay. No what rules. is your favorite plant party restaurant? Ooh, that is such a good question. This is always the stumper. Oh, I know it. <laughs> okay. I And I hope you've been here. It's the best. Um, Buna Cafe yeah. in Bushwick. I literally went last week. I literally go there <laughs> as much as possible. Let's because- literally say literally <sighs> as many times as we literally can. Can we literally go there <laughs> together? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah, we so, went last so week because we're going to Africa for our honeymoon. So we were like, let's get our African on. because Totally. <laughs> and for those of you who have not had Ethiopian food before, run, don't walk. It changed my life. It's seriously my go-to food whenever wow. I'm wanting something that's satisfying and plant-based. It's so good. So for people that don't know, because I didn't know till I went like a few years ago for the first time, they make this bread. It's kind of like a, like a crepe 
vibe um, or like a flatbread, but it's like crepe bread um, called Injero, Injero, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's made with teff flour, which is my favorite flour. I bake with it all the time. And I think uh, barley flour is what they make it with. And then you you use that or you could get it gluten free if you order 24 hours in advance. And then you use that like flatbread to scoop up all like eight different types of little planty mixtures, like a beets mixture, like a lentil mixture or whatever. And you're supposed to eat it with your hands, but I'm a wimp and I use a fork. <laughs> and that's fine. It's yeah. all the same, but it's delicious. And this bread that you're talking about is also fermented. Damn. So it's great for gut health. Mm -hmm. Yes. Gut health. Awesome. Okay. Wow. Good job. What is your favorite plant to eat? I'm going to keep it simple with kale. There's just so many different things you can do with it. And it's so packed with nutrition. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan. What's your favorite way to eat it? Um, Well, I love making kale chips because I love that little crispiness. Um, But just a good kale salad is great too. Yeah. kale. So Mm -hmm. cliche, but whatever. Worthy. Yeah, sorry. Worthy. No, I all love of, it. All of my fun is left to the makeup. Yes. <laughs> uh, what is your most used kitchen tool? Okay, so this is really sad. I don't cook often because I'm on the road 80% of the time. That's true. But my favorite thing in the whole world, and this goes back to my like Vermont roots, I went to school in Vermont and I've carried this with me ever since a mason jar. I use it for everything. I always That's have one true. on me. That's true. You did when we did our trial, you had a mason jar. Mm-hmm. I could vouch for it. Totally. I swear by them. That's awesome. And you travel with them as well? I do. And I bring my, I bring like a little mason jar full of the beauty chef with me when I travel because you can't travel with the big ones. Uh, um, so that's, that's the kind of hack that out. I've done to maintain my health while I'm traveling. That's great. And so it's, it's a greens powder, the beauty chef, right? That you're Yeah, there's a about? couple different ones, but yes, exactly. Cleanse is my favorite and that helps to detoxify from the daily, the daily living. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. you. Okay. Yeah. What is a book that has inspired you in some awesome way? Um, no More Dirty Looks. Oh, I assume that's about clean. Yes. Beauty. By Siobhan O'Connor. I love that name. Um, that was sent to me by Tara Foley, which is the founder of Foley, and, mm-hmm. um, as a welcome present to the team. And that was just so thoughtful. And I was so excited to read it. And I... Yeah, I swear by it. No more dirty looks. I love it. What, are there any, like, I know there's a bajillion documentaries about how messed up the food industry is, but are there any in the beauty industry? Oh my gosh. Talia, I'm so happy you asked because this was the thing that single-handedly changed my life and my course. Ooh. Um, Misrepresentation. It's a film by The Representation Project, which is a project that helps to um, reveal how women and men are represented in different ways of our society. And they talked a lot about like the media's impact on our perception of beauty in this documentary. And I remember leaving the class and just like shaking and crying. I get like emotional when I talk about it too, because I, it brings me back to that moment. I was walking home with my roommate who was taking the class with me and I was so shaken up by the film. And I, that was the moment that I declared that I was going to flip the industry on its head. Wow. Yeah. Cool. It's powerful. Really Amazing. powerful. Amazing. Okay. Misrepresentation. I and am it's on Netflix. Perfect. Oh, I can't wait. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I hope it shakes me up too. Yes. <laughs> so where can people stay connected to you? How can they work with you? How can they learn from you? I mean, I can only imagine that 
everybody, if not most people listening, are like, holy shanikes, this woman, <laughs> how, how can I get more? So how can people get more? <laughs> Absolutely. You can definitely find me on Instagram. It's rose.and.rouge, R-O-U-G-E. And if you send me a DM, we can schedule an appointment or you can ask for product recommendations. Um, you can also shoot me an email at roseandrougemua at gmail.com. Um, yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I can also do virtual virtual consultations as well. And what would that be like? We'd hop on Skype. We would um, kind of peel back the layers so I can try and understand your relationship with beauty and what your goals are. And then I could give you product recommendations specifically. I also have a giant kit um, of my, you know, makeup and skincare. So I could actually have the products there with me and I could show you how to apply them oh by applying God. it on myself. Cool. Yeah. Wow. I want to do that. Let's do it. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That's I need. I Okay. I just learned how to put mascara on correctly a year ago. All right. I'm 29 yeah. years old. I just want everybody to know that it's never too late. It is never too late. <laughs> I was yeah. putting it on with my eyes closed and I had a friend who was watching me and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, putting on mascara. And she was like, no, that is not how you do it. And then she showed me how to do it. And it changed my life. That's yeah. Well, dramatic, sadly, but. mascara is the one thing that doesn't come with an instruction manual. <laughs> That's what right? it is. See, you know, mm -hmm. all this yep. stuff. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your time and your inspiration and your passion and your knowledge today and your hacks. Lots of hacks. This was tremendous. And I can't wait to do my makeup for my wedding with you. I'm I so know. Happy. It's going to be such a special day. Yes. And thank you so much. It's been such a treat talking with you and such an honor to be on this podcast. Oh. Thanks so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. I hope you are feeling so woke to the clean beauty thing. This was one of the most impactful and educational chats I've had yet on the podcast. I learned about highlighter, using lip color also as cheek color, super cool, and that I might want to ditch my let expensive queen makeup last a long time by using it in frequently system around mascara. Oops. Just a few FYIs for you. The episode I referenced in this chat with the incredible founder of the clean skincare brand, SW Basics, is episode number 32, if you want to have a listen, which I highly suggest you do. I have another episode about clean skincare products with the founder of Franklin and Whitman. That's the chat in which I learned about parabens, by the way. And that is episode 49. And I've linked to literally every product that Sarah Rose mentioned in this chat in the show notes, which are at partyinmyplants.com slash 107. I know Sarah Rose will do a fabulous job with my glamorous glow for my wedding in two weeks, and I can't wait to show you photos. Remember, if you want to work with her in any capacity, just name drop my podcast, the Party of My Plants podcast, and you can save 20%.